You gotta like that intro. Yeah, <laughs> that's very good. That's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, today is uh, October fourth, two thousand twenty-one, and you're listening to Sovereign Mind uh, podcast once again. And uh, this title of this podcast this week is money, money, money. And uh, you know, uh, we want to welcome you to the uh, podcast, and we're brought to you here by uh, Mountaintop Media. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would, uh, if you'd like to consider uh, supporting us, if you like to, what you hear and see, you can call our uh, our uh, telephone number at five three zero two two one zero one zero one. We will be setting up a Patreon page, and yeah, we're working on that. And if you want to call into the show, right, you can call five three zero two five five eight zero six three. And if you're inclined to any time during this uh, podcast, please. Uh, you know, hit the uh, like button, the share uh, button, and, and smash, <laughs> smash the, the bell for notifications. <laughs> there you have it. Let's go ahead and start off uh, with uh, with the uh, Tom McDonald uh, video. We can, let's play about a one, uh, minute twenty seconds of it. It's the new one. He just came out with America. Oh, okay. Not a big rapper myself, but uh, the message here is very. He's uh, always got good messages. He's got a good message, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Interesting guy. Uh, not. Uh, I don't want my uh, my grandkids to grow up to aspire to uh, dress like him or look like him. But I think he's a stand up guy with his message. So. Yeah, I don't want my granddaughter to bring him home. I'm sorry. I might have a little problem there. But I think he's, uh, he's yeah, on the right on. track as far yeah. as how the government. So whenever you're ready, Eli, go ahead and hit it. Uh, and away we go. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't know that it had ads on there. You always got to get those in there almost. There we go, here we go. Lately, USA is getting scarier. Half of the Americans I see all hate America. They hate the cops doing their best to take care of us and kneel for the flag and salt the soldiers that we're burying. I'm tired of the fishing and complaining. Why you living in America if all you do is hate it? You think it's brave to take a stand against the nation? Real bravery is dying for the right so you can say it. Dear America, what happened to Americans? Apparently no one's aware or cares that it's embarrassing. It's arrogance. Our greatest enemy was always slavery and terrorists. And now it's people in the country trying to burn the heritage. I can't help it. I just seem to see the world different. It ain't Republican. Republicans or liberals, it's mental illness. The internet is only interested in left opinions. Cancel culture's got more power lately than the First Amendment. If you don't like it, leave. We will not defund police. We don't want no riots in our neighborhoods or in the streets. We respect freedom of speech. We protect what we believe. We don't want nobody dead, so please do not tread on me. In America, free to make free. In America, got soldiers dying overseas. So America, you can say what we believe. My America, I won't ever take it. Everybody know what the hell happened to the Patriots Lately this nation is so ashamed and hating itself Did everyone forget that people died to pay for this Ungratefulness, United States gave everything to you just to help I just want to celebrate Thanksgiving with my family I don't need your help to understand it was a tragedy Can I just be thankful for my country eating happily Without you trying to guilt me for the genocide and casualties I can't help it, I just seem to see the world different It ain't black or white, it's conflict designed by the system I don't need your pronouns, all I see is men and women Kids are taking pills for fun while people can't afford prescriptions If you don't like it, go Hate it, then don't call it home 
them cause the flag is what I'm standing for In America, the freedom made free In America, that soldiers dying overseas So America, you say what we believe My America, I won't ever take a knee My freedom is the reason you can disrespect our flag If my stars and strikes offend you Then I'll help you back your back America you can hate the government and still love the country The fundamental values of America are country Republicans and liberals are dumb to put it bluntly They're labels that they use to create chaos and corruption You can know the history and still be proud of where you're from Every flag around the world is covered in a little blood We started out United States divided is what we've become If home is where the heart is you should show America some love In America, the freedom made free In America, got soldiers dying overseas So America Go. Yeah, Tom McDonald. That's a message. Like his message. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was just thinking about how uh, standing up in back of a deuce and a half and singing and going like this. <laughs> 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 I was like, "Well, uh, take three. <laughs> in the military, they may do something with you if you did it. You know, uh, you know, they have you do so many goofy things anyway. Oh, uh, that's true. Uh, all right, so what I want to do is uh, I want to start off with a couple of quotes here because we're talking about money, and a lot of this feathers into what he's saying, the divide and conquer, the, the strife, all of, all of it, you know. Yeah. So I want to start out with a quote here from uh, John uh, Adams. And uh, this, I believe, uh, understanding money and understanding the uh, what is behind money and the history and... Uh, uh, the makeup of our economy, because that's what we're really talking about. These, these are economic systems, whether it's communism, socialism, fascism, uh, uh, capitalism. It's all about economic systems. Mm -hmm. And John Adams said, all the perplexities, now not some of the perplexities, all of the perplexities, confusions and distress in America arise not from defects in their constitution or confederation, not from want of honor or virtue, vir virtue, so much as the downright ignorance of the nature of coin, credit, and circulation. So that's a pretty powerful statement when you think about all of the confusion and perplexities are about not understanding the economy, uh, coin, credit, circulation. Right, I was going to say, even back then, coin, credit, and circulation. Yes. Even back, way back then, they understood so here's another yeah. quote. Okay, so I've got two more quotes, and both of these are from uh, Thomas Jefferson. And uh, Thomas Jefferson, I believe, was just the absolute brilliant. I mean, I, when I go back to the founders, I like Washington because he was, you know, just a brave stand-up guy. But Jefferson was very smart. And uh, he said, not that Washington wasn't smart, but Jefferson <laughs> I was, was say, genius so, smart. There was a, a few of them that were pretty smart. They were but, pretty smart guys, yeah. most of them. Uh, if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issuance of the currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and the corporations will grow up around them and will deprive the people of all their property until the children wake up homeless on the continent their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. Now, we're, we're, we're going into banking, and I don't want to get all conspiratorial and, and so forth, but I think understanding the, the value 
of understanding money, coin, credit, circulation, and the, and the things behind that is what is essential mm-hmm. to be a free country. Okay. Uh, now, here's another quote from uh, Jefferson. It says, paper is poverty. It is only the ghost of money and not money itself. Now, that's an interesting that, quote yeah, as well. Is. Because that's we, a pretty cool quote, we, actually. We all think uh, uh, money, money is, is, is paper. paper. Yeah. And it's, he's saying it's not money. It's the ghost of money. It's actually poverty. Uh, paper can impoverish you. Uh, it's not real money. So when we look at those things, uh, you know, we're, we're, we, you know, if you don't kind of try to read between the lines a little bit here and, and, and try to get the message that they're telling you, uh, you're going to miss a lot of things here. So they, we're, we're, so we'll start out with the central bank and, uh, and, uh, and go ahead and pull up the uh, 10 platforms of the Communist Manifesto, Eli. And uh, I want to, we, let's, what is a central bank? And I think that the... Uh, yeah, because I don't think a lot of people really understand what the central banking system is. Well, I know what they've been led to believe. Well, let's take a look at this. Taught. I might have to put my other glasses on here so I can read the screen a little bit. Uh, okay, so number five. So we started out. The, if you, they asked Marx if that you could sum up, you know. The, the thesis of the Communist Manifesto, it all revolves around the ability to eliminate private property, okay? And freedom revolves around the ability to retain private, private property. property yeah. So there's a direct conflict there. Now, when we go down to number five, it says, a centralization of bank in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and exclusive uh, monopoly. And that's basically what the Federal Reserve Act in 1913 created. Not to correct you, but it actually says centralization of credit. Well, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it said bank, just so people, if they're reading along, understand that. Well, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank that also has the exclusive monopoly on creating currency or money. Money money would be gold and silver uh, in in the historical sense, but currency is what they're able to create. They're able to uh, generate currency. And uh, the rest is all about control. The government controls everything. And, and uh, you know, confiscation of property, if we go back up, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, abolition of the rights of, pro- of uh, inheritance, uh, heavy progressive graduated income tax. And this is all designed to take your property, okay? Now, I've got a quote here from uh, uh, Vladimir Lenin, and it says, the establishment of a central bank is 90% of a communized, uh, communizing a nation. So it's very important to understand this. Now, you go back to what uh, John Adams said about coin, credit, and circulation. Right. Without the ability to have money that can't be manipulated, you will always find that you'll lose your freedom. And that's why I said the central bank, what right. Thomas Je- Jefferson said about standing, you know, more dangerous than standing armies, for example. And so... Uh, I want to uh, I want to show a couple of things here, uh, but let's bring up the U.S. debt clock. Go ahead and bring up the U.S. debt clock. <laughs> Is there enough room for all the numbers uh, well, that go maybe, on it? I'm just uh, asking, you know. <laughs> uh, and. What I want to show here is this is the U.S. debt clock, if you haven't seen wow. this before. Now, there's a yeah. ton of information here. Now, if you go to, to the national debt at 28, almost $29 trillion, 
uh, per citizen, that's $86,000 per citizen. Per taxpayer, it's two hundred. Uh, Twenty-eight thousand. Now, when you've wow. got a when you've got a bank, what the, what what the, the shell game is is this: the Treasury Department creates bonds and then they sell them. And then what's been happening is the central bank, the uh, Federal Reserve, buys those Treasury bonds, and that's how money gets instantly created and put into circulation. Now, when we say money created, that doesn't mean they're 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 printing money all the time they could be just typing digits into a computer system and that's how it is what we're running the federal uh, the, the federal government so now when you look at this thing so look at the tax revenue that's coming in and the national debt that's going out <laughs> now as we as we focus on this stuff let's go down to the unfunded debt it's kind of in the middle in the red and then you see the total u.s debt and then when you look at the total u.s debt uh, you've got below that on the left is, is the cent, uh, bank interest received. And that brings up a, a really a good point because when we talk about the Federal Reserve, uh, we, oh, it's a conspiracy. It's not a private bank. Well, yeah, yeah it, it kind of is because yeah. if you think about this and the Treasury is issuing uh, Treasury bills or bonds, depending on the amounts, and selling those out on the open market. And the Federal Reserve, which is supposed to be the federal government, you know, but it's a Federal Express is not a part of the government. So just because you put the nom uh, nomenclature of federal up there does not, not mean, mean that, that it's that part it, of the government. Right. Now, this is interesting because it's kind of a quasi-government a quasi entity, and I'll, and I'll explain further as we go. So it, because if it was our own bank, why would we charge ourselves interest? Why would we pay interest to our own central bank that's creating the money out of thin air to begin with see if it was our bank why would we charge ourselves interest then you right. eliminate a lot of the national uh, uh debt or the interest payments anyway i mean it, it would be like you know have your own bank account and charge yourself for your right. your monthly charge and so, everything you know just to put it in perspective so this is why we're kind of talking about money and and what is inflation and what creates it. And it takes a little bit of progression into understanding what they're doing. Because if we look up uh, different uh, definitions of what inflation is, you know, you've got supply and demand. So let's say that, that, that the gold is in short supply because there's mines are shutting down for whatever reason. And maybe they've run out, they've dug all the gold up. And, and they need that in the economy. You might have a spike of price because of the supply. Supply okay. and demand. Supply yeah. and demand. But what happens is that the economists are confuse everything with what inflation really is. And inflation, by definition, in the, if you go back to the dictionaries in 17, 1800, was an increase in the supply of money. Okay. So, if we, if, so we've got this bank that was actually kicked out of America five times prior to uh, the Federal Reserve Act in 1913. And you can go back and look at this. You can go back and look at... Uh, at uh, uh, So prior to it being adopted in 1913, it was basically even exchange. You know, you have something I want, I give it to you. There wasn't... No, I mean, they created currency. Well, I mean, I have my silver coins, I give them to you. There wasn't somebody we gave it to... There was no third party that right, was charging exactly. us. Right, exactly. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. No third party That involved. was charging us interest on our money. Right. That's why the founding fathers, and we'll get more into that. But if you look at, so, so this bank was kicked out of America five times, a central bank, not the Federal Reserve, but they tried several times to get a, a, a central bank in. Uh, to a, and it, it was successful. They got it in. And then Jackson, if you go back and you look, ran 
uh, on the on his platform of running for the government uh, for the presidency uh, was uh, no bank. Okay, so so they've kind of taken a lot of stuff out of the history books on on uh, you know what was happening with this uh, struggle. Now, if we go over to the right-hand column and you look at the different uh, dollar-to-gold, dollar-to-silver ratios and so forth, the paper, uh, so in 1913, if you can focus on the 1913 dollar-to-gold ratio was 29.5 per ounce. In other words, they had uh, $29 in circulation for every ounce of gold that that was backed by, okay? Because the the notes were never supposed to be the money. It was supposed to be a representation of, of the, the money. actual money. Yeah. They were never supposed to print more notes than they had actual gold backing it. Okay, right. That's the gold standard. So now if we go back up one and we look at the, right above it, it says dollar to gold ratio now. You've got $21,000 now per ounce of gold that's supposed to be backing. And we don't even know if that's true. Right. Okay. So there. So you can see from that they are they are dramatically increasing the money supply. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you go down a little farther under the gold, you see the silver. If you look at the paper to to uh, silver ratio, actually, I want to look at the the. the uh, I'm focusing here a little bit. So uh, dollar to silver ratio was right up, right above that on the twenty one thousand. So dollar to silver ratio in nineteen thirteen they had two point sixty four. So $2.64 per ounce backing it. Now we've got $3,000 per ounce. Right. And, and, we're not even, and, and we're not even sure how much of that is being backed. So everybody's confused by this. But if we drop down under the gold, so dollar to gold ratio in 1913, you'll see paper to, to silver. silver ratio at 188 uh, pieces of paper uh, for, uh, for every do, uh, dollars and or what they're talking about ratio is this is the derivatives that what they're doing is they're selling paper silver with no backing okay and this is how they're controlling the market through the spot prices so what they do is they're just selling thing they're just selling paper that that you can't collect any silver for right uh, so if you, you took it if you took it $188 to them <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to get anything in exchange but for that. what it does do with all of this is drives that price down because if you looked at the canary in the coal mine uh, per ounce of gold it, we should have an ounce of gold right now should be $21,000 and an ounce right. of silver should be 3000 based on the ratio of dollar to gold now but it is not like that dollar to silver it's today. not like that and okay so what i want to do is let's bring up the uh uh the the, the uh, slide that is uh you know what was really scary about that too is those numbers just keep going yeah. They go very fast, I, I and really, they just keep going, you know, if you're looking at the clock. I really highly suggest that everybody uh, take a look at that. Now, so so what I want to look at is let's look at at the Constitution. We've got uh, the two at the bottom, Constitution 10, uh, so, uh, Article 1, Section 10. And then uh, uh, so this Constitution says, okay, uh, uh, Article 1, uh, Section 10, Clause 1 of the Constitution, and it says, uh, the limits the power of the states by pro- prohibiting them from entering into treaties and so forth, printing their own money. All right, okay, and so this kind of lays it out a little bit. But go to the next uh, one, and I want to show you the actual text, uh, the one that was right below this. Yeah, the, the, this is from uh, Cornell uh, Law University, uh, Cornell Law School. And if you read this text, what it says is. 
is that uh, uh, yeah. a citizen, representative, uh, maybe chosen, blah, blah, blah. We got to go to uh, Clause 1. So, so we're, we, we, we need we gotta uh, go down Section, to section 10, 10, Clause 1. Yeah, go down to Section 10, Clause 1. Thank you. All right. All right, there we go. So now we look at this thing and we go, you know, no state shall enter into a treaty, consideration, grant letters of marquee, reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, or make anything but gold and silver tender in payments of debts. Okay. So what this basically said in the original Constitution is that gold and silver was the only legal money. Okay. And the reason it was the only legal money, now you might have representations of money, but it had to be backed, okay? That's why when we got the Federal Reserve, and then in 1971, they completely took us off the gold right. standard. Now we've got a currency supply that's unlimited with no backing, all right? So what what I want to do is, is, is how does that relate to now? Okay? Yeah, yeah, how did that be... Get why is this so change? Why is this a problem? Yeah. Okay. So when we got the Federal Reserve system in, you 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 got the ability to print un, unlimited uh, fiat currency as soon as we got off the gold standard uh, in 1971 with, with Nixon. Well, well, yeah, because there's no way to limit the amount to print because you don't have to worry about anything backing it. So you can just. Print, 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 print. So let's talk about this for a second. Let's go to the, to the part where it says, who owns the Federal Reserve? Okay, there's two sections. There's the fact check. Let's look at the fact checked one. So go to Sovereign Minds, back to our, our deal. And let's go to the fact check, who owns the Federal Reserve, right there. Yep, that's the one. One down. There you go. Who owns the Federal Reserve? Probably don't actually know. Now we're told that the government. It's, well, they're we're told they, that we are. Yeah, own it. they lead people to believe that the Federal Reserve is owned by the federal government okay. of the United States. So there are actually twelve different Federal Reserve banks around the country, and they owned by big private banks. Uh, okay, but banks don't necessarily run the show. Nationally, the Federal Reserve is led by a board of governors, whose seven members are appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. Okay. So, All right, so, so they, who are the, the seven? Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, right now there's Powell and, you know, there's a bunch of them. So, but that's not the real, what I'm looking for here. The, the answer, the stockholders, the stockholders in the 12 regional Federal Reserve banks are privately owned banks that fall under the Federal Reserve system. So that tells you right there that it is owned by a private now, because right. private banks are owned by somebody that owns those that stock, right? Okay, so, so they so they try to make this thing, uh, you know, so it's so confusing. You don't understand uh, the the concept of ownership needs some explaining here. However, the member banks must, by law, invest three percent of their capital as the stock. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So so they cannot sell or trade their stock. Who would want to? You have a bank here that can create currency unlimited and right. and, uh, and buy notes uh, with a zero bank account balance and just write a check that creates the money into thin air and then all of a sudden you know you 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 owe interest on every dollar right. that they create. Why would you ever sell? <laughs> okay, so you cannot sell or trade their stock or even use the stock as collateral to borrow money. So they make it. Oh yeah, it's it's not such a great deal. Yeah, they do receive a dividend of six percent from reserve banks to get a uh, to, to get a, to uh, to get to elect each board of directors. What? So you get a six percent dividend every year. 
Okay. Wow. So uh, you just saw the uh, the uh, debt clock. How would you like to have a six percent dividend based on uh, I don't know twenty eight thirty trillion dollars? Dollars. Yeah, they're yeah. not private. It's it's all regulated. The private banks also have a voice in regulating the money supply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. Uh, so what's happening is that these guys are creating money out of thin air. It's called counterfeiting, okay? Now, well, that's what it should be called. Well, because but the they Fed don't call it counterfeiting. The Federal Reserve legalized the act of counterfeiting. But remember, it said in the uh, Communist Manifesto that it, they had a monopoly on it. Right. Well, these guys have a monopoly on counterfeiting. If me or you sat around, went down to our basement, and put on our green eye shade, and started counterfeiting money, then the the feds would show up fairly quickly. Oh, yeah, the, the we Secret Service, the Treasury Department, for that. and then yes. you would go to prison for yeah. that because they don't want any competition. Now, back in the day, when the when they set the country up and they said only gold and silver uh, is legal is legal money, they is for a reason because it can't be counterfeited. Okay, right. and in fact, if you look it up and you go back to the founders, they said that uh, when they set the country up, that counterfeiting money uh, was a death sentence. In fact, they they would kill you for it right. if you were convicted of it. You could be hung. Right. All right. So so how come all of a sudden it's okay to have a central bank that has been kicked out of the country five times uh, th that uh, can now counterfeit unlimited amounts of money? Okay, and they're the only ones that can do it. And, uh, of course, they are, uh, you know, part of the government. <laughs> it says, they, you know, at the bottom it says, as a nation's central bank, uh, the Federal Reserve derives its authority from Congress and is considered an independent central bank because its decisions have to be ratified. Uh, it's, By the president. No, no, no. It's considered an independent central bank because the, the decisions do not have to be ratified, ratified by, by the, the president, president or anyone else in the executive, legislative, or any other branch. In other words, are they doing whatever they want and they don't? And, and, and the, the But it says they're supposed to. No, they're just appointed. So, so they're just appointed by these guys. Okay, they're not. The, so the owners are kind of hidden. Do you think that the guys are being appointed to the board might be sh uh, uh, shareholders in some of the banks? Uh, no. Okay. So the point is, there's some shady stuff going on here. You know, and and you go back to the to the. Uh, founders. I love it. It says, however, the Federal Reserve is subject to oversight by Congress. Yeah, that's that's good. Now, let me <laughs> How's ask that you this: working for us, if, folks? If you had a, a, an unlimited supply of uh, of money, do you think you might buy a few people in Congress? Uh, maybe because that's the danger to this, and this is why the Communist Manifesto said that it was imperative. As ninety percent of the road to communism had to have a central bank because right. now you've got an unlimited supply of money to buy whatever you want. Okay, you can counterfeit this thing with no oversight. You can buy, you can buy, you can buy TV stations. You can buy uh, well, it's uh, radio unlimited stations. what you can buy. You can with. buy countries. You can yeah, buy anything, anything you, want. you want. You can yeah, buy exactly. congressmen. You can buy. So right now, if you looked at the Federal Reserve balance sheet, they own about thirty-five percent of the country. Okay. Is this all an accident? Is it just a mistake? Well, we got the Federal Reserve Act at the same time we got the Tax Act. 1913. 13, yeah. See, okay. prior to that, there were no income taxes in America. 
It was illegal. The original Constitution said no direct taxes uh, can be levied. Any taxes that uh, shall be levied would be apportioned among the states. In other words, spread out at a percentage basis based on, on, the, uh, on the population, not based on your income. All right. Okay. So, so with that said, that, so they actually changed that. Now, you can't even find in the, con, you know, the, the, the constitutions now, they don't even talk about the fact that we didn't have a, an income tax until 1913. Right. Okay. So, so do you think that it's a coincidence that we got an income tax in 1913 and the Federal Reserve was passed the same year uh, in 1913? You have to have a mechanism to collect for the debt on the uh, the interest on the debt that they're creating out of thin air that uh, uh, that yeah in, and you in have, the house to have a way bill. to collect the income tax from people and 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 take care of that like you say you know so <laughs> let's so take, we have to be in control of the money that's collected well because if you if I can create money out of thin air and charge interest on it okay then what'll happen is that you create a a, a an economy that has a never ending debt that you know, and that's slavery, basically. I mean, there's t- several different kinds of slaves. We talk about the slaves out in the field working by the whip. But there's also what they call debt slaves. In other words, if I lend you money uh, and you owe me money perpetually and I can charge interest on the money that you owe perpetually to me, then basically I, I control you. Know, you. you know, the, the Bible says the borrower is servant to the lender. Right. And, and uh, you know, the uh, rich ruleth over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. Right. And that's what they're talking about. Now, if I can print money out of thin air and lend it to you perpetually. I'm still in control. <laughs> uh, yeah. In fact, I've, yeah. I, I've perpetually made you a slave. Right. So let's, uh, let's uh, pull up the uh, 1913. Uh, uh, so, and it all goes back to property form. and stuff. If you stop and think about it, banks yes. and owning property and you have to have your mortgage through the banks and it becomes. The Federal Reserve is not the only one creating money. It's the Federal Reserve system as well, because now the banks are creating money out of thin air in their lending processes of two. Right. Now, we could pull up uh, Nixon, uh, if you want to take a, a, a minute and, and, and type in Nixon uh, gets us off the gold standard in uh, 1971. I don't know if you can bring it up or not. But he basically said that the he closed the window in 1971 uh, to uh, stop the conversion of our dollars into gold. Right. And now the yeah. debt has gone straight up since then. Okay. And... Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. So Nixon, I mean, it's pretty pretty much provable that uh, he stopped the convertibility of gold, and, you know, uh, dollars into gold. So because what's happening is they the 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 treasury was being bled because of the war effort. They were they were spending and spending and spending on the war effort. Right. So they were having to you know send boatloads of gold off to other countries that they borrowed from, whether it's China or whatever. So it says right there, President Nixon's action in 71 to win the dollar convertibility to gold uh, and implement wage price controls was intended to address the international dilemma of a looming gold run on the domestic problem of inflation. Okay. Are we starting to see a correlation here? Okay. Uh, And inflation being an increase of the supply of money. So, So what's been happening is that that we've also, uh, dollars have been paying for stuff worldwide. They converted in the Bretton Woods system. You'll see it, the International yeah. Monetary System in World War II uh, was dubbed the Bretton Woods system after meeting of the 44 countries in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. They agreed to keep their currencies fixed but adjustable to the dollar. That's a key phrase there, to the dollar. And the dollar was fixed that, to gold. 
at an yeah at so a fixed saw, rate of thirty five dollars an ounce. At the that reason time. that's important is because when they did this, it stabilized the, the the economies of the world because now the dollar. So in order to get, to buy oil in in uh, in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, for example, and you see that Europeans and Japanese exports became more competitive with U.S. The U.S. world output of, uh, you know, it goes into the dollars and the oil and, and so forth. Uh, but you'd have to exchange your currency into dollars in order to buy oil in Saudi Arabia. So that's the world reserve currency status, which makes your currency much more valuable. And everybody wants to hold your dollar. Right. Now, if it's backed by gold, you can't just keep printing money. So when Nixon took us off the gold standard, he unleashed Pandora's box here to have unlimited money increasing in the supply of, okay? So that is now the definition of inflation. So let's go back to our 1913 form. One more to the, yeah, keep going. There you go, one more, <laughs> one more. There yeah. you go. So this is an actual income tax form in 1913. See, and this was, when they got the income tax, they reportedly, they, they purported to say that this was only a tax on rich people. Right. right, that's what it was supposed to be. It that was, was designed for and, and at that time, yes. It was designed for nothing but a tax right. on rich people. They said, and that's how they sold it. They said, it's only a tax on the rich, and the rich were all bragging uh, how much they paid uh, in taxes. Now, let's scroll up. Yeah, because back then, that made your status, if you could say, you know, I'm, I'm very rich I paid, because I paid. I paid taxes. That's how yes, rich I am. Exactly. So go, yeah. go ahead and scroll up, Eli, and then you'll see the percentages right there. Okay, so you look at this. When the net tax is shown that it sees $20,000, the additional tax there will be calculated by the uh, per schedule below. So well, number one uh, percent of amount <laughs> not exceeding. So it was 1% percent. over $20,000 not to like exceed 50000 50, Okay, so that's what you would be paying is 1%. How many people do you think in 1913 were making $20,000 a year? Probably not very many. Two guys in Idaho, okay? Yeah. So, so, uh, so the point is that this, the highest percent that you could possibly pay after deductions, by the way, this is net, is be 6% on 500000 up. What do you think our tax rate is right now? Oh, well. If you were making uh, 500000 500, I think it's probably like, like what? 35% not counting state. So if you had 37. state. If you had state, you're you know you're probably closer to forty. They want to yeah. raise that, and we're not talking about any other taxes. We're not talking about sales taxes, imposed tariffs, license fees, uh, you know, payroll taxes, uh, payroll taxes, any of that, we're none of that. It, yeah. Okay. So I figured out that it could be as high as eighty four percent on the money that you're bringing in. Right. That's okay. including all the taxes that we pay across the board. Right. So now, let's go from twenty thousand. Then to twenty thousand now. How many people do you think are making twenty thousand now? Almost everybody, because if you don't make twenty thousand, you're, you're poor. poor. Yeah. You're poor in today's standards. So, so what? Yeah. What? Co- so over the last hundred years, have they been cr- increasing the supply of money? Because remember, we started out with a one to one on the, or you know, on the. If you go back to the, uh, don't go back there, but you know, looking back at the debt clock. How many dollars we had? Twenty nine dollars per of uh, dollars per every ounce of gold. Right, That's right. how it was back. Now we come up to present day. We've got thirty nine thousand or thirty nine hundred, and then it's like uh, I think it's twenty nine thousand per per ounce. Okay, uh, so what that did was it creeped through the inflation 
And the no backing has creeped everybody up into these brackets, and now they've also changed the bracket. So, oh yeah, they've changed now. This dramatically. was this was uh, this was supposed to be uh, uh, only a tax on the rich. Is everybody now paying it? And then some. Oh yeah, everybody. How, I don't inflation. care who you are. You're paying tax somehow in some form because they've inflated the currency. All right. Now uh, I'd like to. Uh, Maybe you could pull this up, Eli. Pull up uh, uh, Alan Greenspan's college thesis. Yeah, Alan Greenspan. There you go, former chairman of the Federal Reserve. And then type in college, college thesis, I think, is uh, where you'll find it. All right, looking in the college, long-lost thesis, Barron's. Okay, so let's, let's go in there. And uh, we found it a copy. I don't know if we want to pay any money for it, but let's see if we can uh, take a look at it. Okay, uh, 200,000 articles. Subption reviewed here. Let's see if we can find his little two papers here. Blah, 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 blah. Submitted. We were trickling out. Uh, I should have had this up a little sooner. Uh, chapter previous. Uh, keep going down. Uh, Go go back. Let's. Uh, there's, there's actually a. This is this is just a uh, uh, a uh, analysis of it. What I want to see is uh, I want to see the actual thesis. I think this is it right here. Okay. Uh, just keep going down here. Well, it had about subprime lending. No, no, no. There's there. Go go back up. There's a there's a. I want to see the actual thesis if we can find it. Okay. And uh, that's not it. That's not it. See, they're kind of burying it a little bit here because it used to be able to just pull it right up. And uh, right, assignments to professor. Maybe that's it. And, to professionals. Uh, yeah. I'll have to pull it up. But basically, uh, it's got a really powerful statement in there. And uh, let me see if I yeah, see if you can find that because it's really important to understanding what we're what we're talking about. Alan Greenspan's. Let's see what we can. Uh, uh, While well, you see if you can find that, and just uh, uh, essay, both writing. Yeah, it's interesting that it's uh, it's not. Uh, uh, it's called gold. Okay, that's that's what you want to type in. Alan Spr uh, Greenspan, gold and economic freedom. Type that in, gold and economic freedom. Now, the reason this is important, that's it right there, gold and economic get freedom. Did All right, so this, right. this is important because he wrote this in uh, 1967. And if you, if you look at this and you read this, now this guy's talking about gold and economic freedom. Is the Gold is, is what keeps us economically free. Now, this is the guy that went to work for the Federal Reserve. See, I mean, that one line, that gold and economic freedom are inseparable. That's what he said. The, in the gold standard now. is the instrument of, of uh, laissez-faire, which implies and requires. Uh, in other words, to everybody, you got to understand this in order to be free. Go ahead and scroll down, and uh, a little farther. I, I want to. There's a chapter in here. I want to. Uh, I want to read. Uh, it's uh, keep going. Bank based on extended credit. Keep going. Your banking uh, system. Keep going. It's the, almost the last paragraph, I think. Oh. Under the gold oh, standard? No, no. Keep going. Keep going. 
Okay, right there. That's it. Right. In the there. absence of the gold standard. In, in the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. This is an important thing to understand. There's no safe store of value. If there were, the government would have to make it holding illegal, as was done in the case of gold. They had to make it illegal to convert you to their cash system because then you can't be uh, inflation-proof. If everyone decided, for example, to convert all of his bank deposits to silver or copper or any other good and thereafter declined to accept checks as payment for goods, bank deposits would lose their purchasing power and government-created bank credit would be worthless as a claim on their goods. The financial policy of the welfare state requires that there be no way for the owners of wealth to protect themselves. This is the shabby secret of the welfare status tirades against gold. Deficit spending is simply a scheme of confiscation of wealth. Gold stands in the way of this insidious process. It stands as a protector of property rights. If one grasps this, one has no difficulty in understanding the statist antagonism toward the gold standard. Now, when you read that, it kind of brings it all together, doesn't it, from what yeah. we're talking about? Because if the communist had to have a central bank that emits credit and eliminates other competition, gets rid of the gold standard, and they're in charge of the money supply then you you can't protect yourself from these guys because they will inflation is a hidden tax. If you've got a hundred thousand dollars in the bank and you think you're safe in the store of value, you work your butt off and you they right. can just keep printing money and it devalues your currency supply. So so let's say that you could buy a hundred loaves of bread for a dollar a piece uh, for a hundred bucks and they devalue with that and dollar and, and the bread goes up to two dollars well, now it's you can only buy fifty dollars right. worth of loaf of bread. So it's a way of stealing your money out of your bank account. It's a hidden tax, and the only way that that, that you could protect yourself from that is by having a gold standard. So either you couldn't print the money, or you had your gold out of the system, uh, off somewhere where it couldn't be uh, found. Right. Whether it's in your safe or buried in a coffee can in the ground, whatever it is, because it can't be counterfeited. Right. Okay. And, and if you don't have the gold. You don't have. You're not in control of anything. Well, They're you know the old. To, that's the golden rule. You remember the golden yeah, rule. Yeah, whoever has the gold rules. Rules, right? <laughs> so, and people don't realize that that actually you're not in control of any of your banking accounts or any of that. You well, are not, you are not safe. I should say you're not. You have no way to store value without. Yeah, you, you're it being not safe after you've worked your butt off all your life or whatever. Well, and then we'll give you a couple examples. If you looked under the Dodd-Frank Act, okay, if you go back into a global uh, systemic uh, banking uh, institution in, inside the Dodd-Frank Act, what it says is that if they go under, they can confiscate all exactly of your that, accounts yeah. anyway, and you get felt, uh, uh, stock in a felt bank. So this is current law right now, is that, that you, uh, and if the banking system goes under, then a lot of people are going to lose their life savings. Now, this has happened in Cyprus. I could show you a case study where this guy oh, yeah. uh, uh, retired from Italy, and he had a million dollars in the bank. They shut the bank down. He couldn't get to his banking account. And this has not just happened in one spot. It's been in it's Cyprus. Been it's all been all in Venezuela. Yeah. It's, you know, it's because what happens when you get a central bank that controls the monetary supply, it can be abused. Now, does it look like our current system is being abused oh, yeah. uh, when we talk about a $6 trillion uh, budget? Where's that money coming from? Do you think you just walk around finding $6 trillion? No, they issue notes. They issue paper 
treasury bonds to the Federal Reserve, who then buys them with thin air digits, right? types it into the banking system. They write a check, basically, that goes into the coffers of the government, and now they have an unlimited supply of money. And then they do things like they attack foreign countries. And, and, and I, I saw a thing the other day, for example, uh, that <clears throat> Julian Assange he said that Afghanistan was about filtering money uh, through with an endless war to the kickback. See, what they do is they, they send money to Afghanistan, for example. Right. And then the kickbacks or the payoffs go to offshore accounts for whatever politician or government is on the take. And they keep their, their cut. get their power, yeah. And they keep their cut. Right. That's the reason that you want a central bank is because you can control all the currency, you can control everything, you buy everything, <laughs> you buy everyone, you know, and without a banking or yeah, a gold standard. It in power. Gee, gee, do you think that's happening today? Does that sound familiar? Yeah. I mean, now when I read this... Uh, this uh, uh, I also want to say in here, you know, people think with your money deposit in bank accounts these days, it's insured. I hear this so much. My money's insured for $250,000. No, it's not. Well, it's kind of insured the same way uh, that... Uh, if the, it's, a, it's not <laughs> your money that's insured. I guarantee you if well, something happens, you're is, not going to get it. The thing is that they can shut down the bank and confiscate it under the Dodd-Frank Act. And, and do you know, if you looked at the figures on how much they can cover, how much do they have in reserves... To 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 uh, cover if everybody pulled their money, uh, is like, well, just to cover the fact that if the bank went under, right. in other words, that's what the FDIC insurance is about. If the bank goes under, then they will they will uh, you know make good those deposits up to those certain amounts. Right now, they have like point zero five yeah. uh, numbers in reserve to do that. So there is no insurance no backing. There's no money. There's backing nothing it. there to back it. That's what I'm getting to, and people don't realize that because they go, oh well, so what? Kind of if something. Happens. Or you keep printing money. And as you keep printing money, what happens to the price of goods and services? See, uh, here's the definition of a hyperinflation. I think we can probably pull it up there in our uh, cause and effects. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's on one of our slides I, I gave you. Okay. Should be hyperinflation, definitely causing effects. And, and I okay. also want to put in here, too, you know, a lot of people don't know the difference between currency and money. Currency is just paper. Well, there's fiat currency, See, yeah. which is no backing. Right. So you can, a, have a, you can have a currency that is a representative currency, like a right. dollar used to be. In other words... Like it used to be when we are on the gold standard, right. yeah. But, I mean, in today's world, people think, oh, I have this paper... Right. Dollar. They've done it's, studies yeah, where I've seen it's where it's not you know, really down, money. It's I, not money, folks. They've done studies where I've seen like a, a guy on the streets out there, and he's got the, a candy bar, like a Snickers bar, and and a uh, ten ounce uh, bar of silver. And people are so screwed up, they took the candy bar instead of the bar of silver because they don't see a value there. Right. Even though it was worth a hundred times what the candy bar was. Okay. Yeah. So we have been conditioned to think. Paper is money. money exactly. When you, when you go back to paper is poverty, it's the ghost of money. It's not real money. It, this starts to make some sense. Right. Because, you know, you can have a representative paper dollar, like a check or a, a, a dollar that was backed by gold, and, and then that stabilizes it because you can't keep creating it. When you talk about a fiat currency, what a fiat currency is zero backing. And the the record for a fiat currency uh, lasting 
uh, in, a, in an economic system is zero. Yeah. It has failed every but, single it, time 100%. Yeah. And it used to say on the you, silver you know, certificate, exactly payable that, to the bearer bear, bear upon demand and gold. gold. Or silver. Or silver. Yeah, and yeah. they took that and off. You can, and yeah. you can look at the money. Well, they, they got rid of it. Yeah. So if we look at hyperinflation is when prices of goods and services rise more than 50% per month. <laughs> okay, so that, that that's when you've gone past the, 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 the state, the, the, the no return spot, you know. We're almost. Uh, we're getting closer. <laughs> we're see, very because, close to that right now if you look at things. You know, they asked uh, Ernest Hemingway, uh, you know, how, what, it, what it was like to go bankrupt. And he says it was really slow at first, and then all of a sudden it was really fast. Yeah, because imagine what that. happens is you go along and you're pretending yourself. You're using other, you, pre, you know, you're lying to yourself, pretending, you know, that you're going to be able to get out of it. And so you start to, you know, you're paying Peter to pay, pay Paul, Paul, blah 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 blah. Well, when it gets to a certain point, when the interest rate overwhelms the fact that you can borrow any more money or get it from any other place that's when it shoots up and you go bankrupt and that's what a hyperinflation is so you don't notice it at first because you know at that rate if you look at that a bread uh, a loaf of bread cost uh one amount in morning, morning and higher, and higher in, the in the afternoon but if this continues to happen what it doesn't take very long it's like the rule of 7 you know if you double your uh, interest or your double you know your uh base amount every uh you know every uh uh 24 hours. Every 24 hours. It doesn't take very long before that to shoot right. through the roof, and a loaf of bread doesn't cost you three bucks anymore. It costs you, uh, you know, 150 bucks. Yeah, there at the bottom it says, you know, if it goes over 50% in one month. So, causes of hyperinflation, two main causes, okay? An increase in the money supply. <laughs> That the former happens when a country's government begins printing money to pay for its spending, and as it increases the money supply, prices rise in a regular inflation. inflation yeah. Okay. Uh, the other cause, demand pull inflation, occurs when a surge in demand. So we're back to to supply and demand. In other words, if the demand outstrips the supply, uh, then that would send prices higher. But that's not really inflation. All that is is an increase in in in, in uh, the uh, product uh, uh, cost. That's not the same thing. Uh, inflation is an increase in the supply of money. They're conflating the two because. Uh, uh, when you you're talking about one type of product, for example, right. you know it could be lumber, but that doesn't cause an inflation across the board. You have an increase in the cost of lumber if there's a shortage of trees. Okay, so but if you have a a uh, inflation where I don't know somebody's trying to pass a bill for six trillion dollars uh, with money that they created out of thin air that uh, they sold treasury notes for that we chart they uh, they charge interest on in a private bank that's uh, owned by uh, a lot of other people besides the American <laughs> uh, people, and they only get six percent because it's such a raw deal for them. Yeah, they're not making any money. Yeah. yeah, and and they don't even they won't reveal who the shareholders are. Hmm. Yeah. So what's going on? So so, but when you have this inflate, this increase in supply of money, and it's dumped into the system, uh, there's more money out there chasing goods and services, and it takes a little while for the money velocity to catch up with the supply, and pretty soon the dollars become worthless, and thus you lose your bank account and your store of value. Right. Well, uh, just like I said with Hemingway, you can start seeing it now with what's going on 
it's starting to ramp up and go pretty right. quickly if you look around a little bit. No, and but, let's let's just put all that aside. Let's just say we're never going to hyperinflate. We're just conspiratorial theorists that are screwed up, and we don't know what's going on. Is it right that we should be paying interest on our own money? Is it right that we have a system that rapes the, us through or enslaves us to an interest rate uh, for people who do nothing more than created the, the currency in the first place? That does nothing more than to make us slaves of why, them. Why? why? Again, why would we allow somebody to do that? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Because now we go back to Thomas Jefferson. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issuance of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and the corporations will grow up around the bank, will grow up around them, the banks, will deprive the people of all their property until the children wake up homeless in the lands that their fathers conquered through taxes and inflation, and the issuing power should be, should be restored back to the people where it belongs. And then the next quote is, I sincerely believe that banking establishments are more dangerous than standing armies and the principles of spending money to be paid by posterity under the name of funding is swindling for the future on a large scale. Because that's what they're doing. When yes, they borrow right this money, they indebt our children and our children's children. children. So that everybody's in debt to this big, huge, uh, you know, uh, uh, debt that we owe interest on every single dollar that they created out of nothing. Is that a problem? You think? Maybe a little bit. Now, when and, and that way you can never um, get wealth. You can, well, if you stay in that system. Unless you're like, one of the boys. Yeah, unless you're one of them. But And if you're not paying attention to stuff, it, there's no way. People think, oh, I'm, you know, I got my property, I've got my boat, I've got my car. But well, really, well, you don't really own any of that if you allow this to keep going on. Absolutely, because you'd be deprived. Now we go back to Adams. All the perplexities, confusion, and distress in America arise not from defects in their constitution or confederation, not from the want of honor or virtue, so much as from the downright ignorance of the nature of coin, credit, and circulation. Now that makes a lot more sense now that you start to understand yeah. some of this stuff, because the real deal is this is the root cause. Now there's a bunch of other stuff going on here, but if you have a bank that can buy everyone and everything, okay, uh, then you, you've got people who are in charge. Now maybe... Uh, the guy that originally started had some pure-hearted heart motives. This was all for the best of everybody. But what happens I, when I, he dies? What happens well, when his son takes over? Who gets inherits these shares? You can't sell them. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a closet that says Yeah, that doesn't that you mean that everybody that inherits or touches them <laughs> is a good person and has your best interest at heart. Because we don't even know who they are, what kind of people they are. And that's transparency. Yeah. Okay. Now I've got another quote here. This is from Lord Acton. This is he was a, a guy, uh, you know, that lived from 1834 to 1902. Uh, first Baron Acton of Alderham. The issue that has swept down through the centuries, which will have to be fought sooner or later, is the people versus the banks. Now, why would people say these things? Why? I mean, just out, out of the blue, and it's all a big accident. And why would all of this stuff be deleted from our education system? Well, you couldn't tell the children the truth about how this works, because then you wouldn't allow it to happen. 
I like if you read number four down there, it says demand pull inflation can also cause hyperinflation. Soaring prices cause people to hoard, creating a rapid rise in demand, causing too few goods. See what they're doing is that's a symptom of the. And uh, do uh, we see that happening right now in today's world? Because what happens is. This whole thing, when it implodes, is a confidence uh, thing. It's, it's, it's if about, you lose the confidence... You lose confidence in the currency, then it, what happens is you start to lose confidence in the government and its ability to... To protect you and for, help you. All of it. Yeah. But then you start, uh, you start worrying about, gee, uh, you know, am I going to be able to feed my kids next month because a, 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 bread's a, a loaf of bread is 150 bucks? I might want to store some stuff away. You know, I might want to uh, pack some toilet paper away just in case because, you know, I don't like not being able to use toilet paper. Right. And, and you so, can see that happening more and more right now. I mean, with the hoarding, if anything happens, go back to the toilet paper thing. You know, people, they freaked out. Because they lost the confidence in what was going on. So they're trying to say that the stockpiling creates the shortage. No, no. that's crap. What creates the shortages is that there's no price discovery mechanism anymore. When you start to do this, uh, what happens is there's no price discovery because a guy doesn't know what to charge for his goods in the morning and the afternoon. Because if you're a loaf of bread and, he's, wow. and, you're, and, you're, and you're buying a, 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 some toast at the, at the restaurant and this morning it's $50 for a loaf of bread and, tomorrow, and this afternoon it's 100 okay, so then you have to raise your prices because tomorrow it might be 150 So and, and we see that going on now in the world. If, so, you, if you're paying attention, you go lumber, anything like but that you, now. What you do is you start to buy it at the cheaper price. You're saying, if I know it's going to be 150 or If you a dollar, can get it. If I can, that's right. <laughs> if you can so get it. If I can get it. So what I better do is I better buy 10 loaves of bread right. today. Okay. So it's not that it's not. See, the, 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 it's the cause of it is the printing of the money. It just takes a while for it to catch up with all the goods and services. And this happens across the board. It's not a matter of the hoarding that's causing the problem. See, they're trying to make the people that are hoarding, the, 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 they're the responsible right. ones. When the real well, that's, is, that's not uh, the way I took it. I took it that it causes people to do, like you say, to buy stuff if they can. But we see this going on now, especially in the, the lumber industry. Anybody that need, is rely, you know, relying on getting their product, right? whatever their service is. I mean, look at the construction. Like you say, you know, one day, you know, uh, uh, a sheet of plywood is $20, and the next day it's 95 Right? Who, who can stay well, in business, you know, you know? Well, that's why that if you look around in the construction industry out here, they're afraid, they won't do a, a, a bid, bid because on they're materials. afraid on materials because it, it's, it's fair market yeah. value because it's changing constantly. Yeah, they so, can't. So it causes... All these anomalies in the yep. marketplace to occur, and it becomes a big, huge problem. And when the, it gets so bad that every, the, you know, the uh, the end result of this is the economy collapses. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I mean, it has happened over and over and over again. You know, you might. Uh, uh, I'm not sure what our time frame is. Well, we got about two minutes. You to might go. type type up there. Type of Zimbabwe Cato Institute uh, inflation <laughs> example. It's kind of fun doing it this way. I, I'm, I'm getting used to uh, well, yeah. Zimbabwe. Uh, I'm not sure. If and then you it wanna, keeps Eli very busy back put, there, put, that's for sure. Put Cato, Cato Institute. Yeah, C-A-T-O. Cato Institute, right? Uh, okay, so they did a study on inflation. Go ahead and hit that uh, right there. Uh, Zimbabwe, Cato Institute. Yeah, scroll down. So this kind of gives you some time frames on what happens. So they're, right now, keep going. 
and it uh, on their on look their at, chart there. So, so you look at the the stop there. Hungary, the Hungary. You know, it says uh, time required for prices to double every 15 hours. Zimbabwe, it was doubling every 24 hours. You know, so so these are examples of right what, uh, of what happens with uh, the when you keep printing the inflation and you know the new hyperinflation. Very quickly when you stop and well, think about it, any okay. of those numbers well, is very quick. Sc- scroll up again and you'll see how it, it what happened in in Zimbabwe here and. Uh, and you look at these numbers; it shows you uh, month over month rates of inflation and what the dollar was worth. So, so in March of 2007, you know they had a 2,200 percent inflation rate. So, what this translates into is is in March a cup of coffee cost you three bucks, and in uh, November of 2008 a cup of coffee cost you three trillion bucks. Because you see how it works as it starts to yeah. gradually go yeah, up. Yeah, look in 18 months, yeah. the, the numbers. All of a sudden, when it doubles, it starts doubling and going dramatically yeah. in this particular example. And I have, uh, you, you can buy, I used to be able to buy them on uh, online, uh, Zimbabwe dollars. I got uh, I got like three bills. One was a dollar, one was a cent, and one was a 11 trillion, I think. I still have them at my office because you could get them. It well, doubled. It's, it's well. It's well. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Start, and then, then watch it from that point to the 18 month. It's like wow. See, this is the danger of what they're doing now. If we've got Mr. Joe China up there doing the bidding of China, and he's trying to sink our economy by doing this, getting you know, getting rid of the red, the Fed, the uh, world reserve currency, which is starting to happen or has mm-hmm. already happened, and that devalues our dollar, and then you keep devaluing it by unlimited amounts. Do you know how much a trillion dollars is? It's insane, you know. And, and so you can go like to the moon or something back. Oh, I don't even know. I mean, they, yeah. they, they have different examples that we could look at. But uh, I think we're out of time. Oh, <laughs> that went fast. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> but uh, there could be more to cover on this. But I think you guys get the idea of what this is about and what the danger is with our current administration and in the past administrations and why we need to at some point change this and get back to and uh, maybe yeah. we'll talk about bitcoin because bitcoin could be also an alternative to this right because it's not controlled by the central banks of the governments and that's yeah that would be a good subject in the future that's for sure all right and just uh, i want last thing is people think these stimulus checks that they're getting and all that you know they're all worried about it and it's a great thing stop and look at this and the money and how much they're putting in. I guess if, you know, just just think about it a little bit. You it, know, it doesn't matter if you're indebting your children and your grandchildren to a slave system because they'll just keep owing more money. Right. Yeah. Just say, take a look at it. So, so with that, I guess uh, we're uh, out of time. I guess we're out of time. Government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force. And force like fire is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. Uh, uh, we will see you next week. We are coming on at. 10, oh no, 11, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Next 11 week. o'clock, folks. So it'll All be right. 11 o'clock from now on. So have a great week, and we will see you next time. Very good.